0: For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. This Ministry 127 podcast is entitled How to Build a Timeline for Event Planning with Mrs. Denise Wells. Mrs. Wells joined the staff of West Coast Baptist College in 1995 where she serves as the office manager coordinating and overseeing college offices.
1: How many of you have ever been in charge of an event? and you felt like the entire process leading up to it was disastrous. Anybody? <laughs> anybody gray and bald at, at the end of it? You know? um, how many of you have ever used a timeline for any of your events? Has anybody ever used a timeline before? Okay, good. Um, what I often hear from people when I suggest that they use a timeline is, how do I do that? And. Um, it's a great question. Or some of them will say, oh, that'll take too much time. And they think the process of building the timeline would take so much time that that they just want to forego that whole um, process. But before you let that thought take root, um, think about this. How much time does it take when things have to be accomplished that were forgotten until the last minute, um, not done at all, or done incorrectly and need to be redone. So when you look at it like that and you balance it, how much time does it take to build the timeline versus those other three things, then I think that puts it a little bit better into perspective for us. I saw a sign posted in a workroom once that said, if you don't have time to do something right the first time, where are you ever going to find the time to redo it? And um, I think that's an excellent question. Someone once said, for every minute spent organizing, an hour is earned. That's pretty substantial, a whole hour, you know. Um, But I don't know if that math is exactly accurate. But I can tell you from my own experiences that um, when I have taken the time to be organized, um, events do seem to go smoother. And oftentimes, it's the disorganization of others that have thrown a monkey wrench into things that I've been doing or eaten my time. So with that, let's get started. I have a favorite Irish quote that I refer to often. It says, it's there in your notebook. It says, when God made time, he made plenty of it. And to that I add, um, it's up to us to use it wisely and profitably for the Lord. So let's start with what is a timeline. A timeline defined is a custom-made schedule designed to time-activate courses of action needed to complete an event or project in an absolute, organized, and timely fashion. Okay, so a timeline defined. Um, Then um, the next thing is who benefits from a timeline. Your first thought may be only me. I'm going to be the one that benefits from the timeline. But I want to break this down a little bit so that you'll see that many people will actually benefit from your timeline. First is the letter A, the um, project organizer or owner will benefit. It's easy to say, but um, hard to do, is no matter who's taking pieces of your project, that in the end, it's your project. So it's very easy to say, but it's hard to do. But, but let's talk about ownership for a minute. And let me encourage you for you to own your project uh, with full ownership. And that means that no matter what, no matter who's taking pieces of your project, no matter how many pieces of your project that they're taking, that in the end, it is your project. This eliminates the opportunity for a bitter, ungrateful attitude towards anyone else for their failures um, that they're doing in your project. You don't want to give Satan a foothold in something. You know, it's, it's a shame when you're, do, when you're doing an event that um, in the ministry that for the Lord to get the glory and along the way there's bitterness and, and discontent amongst people. So... As long as you go in, into it thinking this is mine, no matter what happens, this is my project. I'm going to own it. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm not going to blame anybody if something goes wrong. It's me. Then that'll, that'll eliminate that uh, opportunity there for Satan to get in. A project with no owner is a mess. A project with no owner probably won't get completely done. If it does get done, it probably won't be done correctly or to the glory of the Lord. So next, let's see those assisting with the project. Okay, those assisting with the project. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to actually get into building a timeline. But I do want to give you some quick suggestions about how to have folks helping you. You may have one other person assisting you, or you may have several people assisting you. Regardless, ask them to give you frequent updates To make their progress clear and make sure that everyone understands what their role is. Clarity is very important. Have you ever had someone say, well, I told them, (laughs) and I often think, okay, you told them, but did they understand? And there's a big difference between somebody knowing it and understanding it. A great way to accomplish this would be to have a meeting right at the start with all the folks that are involved and give a general outlay of what needs to be accomplished. Um, here's another important thing. Get input input from folks on their skills, their resources, etc., and then sign the assign the task accordingly. Be strategic when you give people things to do. Someone who is notoriously late or always running behind is not someone that you want to give things to do that require time activation and things like that. It just may not be their skill. Um, Someone may have beautiful handwriting, and if you need some handwritten invitations, then clearly the choice would be to give them that part to do. So assign people things strategically according to what their um, skills and strengths are. And then give clear instructions. Oftentimes we don't give clear instructions, um, and things go south on us. We get burned, and so the next time we say, I need to make sure this gets done right, so I'm just going to do it myself when the reality is we ourselves created that very problem. I was once helping a lady not here with a large banquet that she was in charge of and she had a whole group of us there to assist her and everybody was willing to do whatever needed to be done. The problem was is that the only person who knew what needed done was her. So everyone had to keep constantly asking her, what do you need me to do next? What should I do next? What what should I do next? And naturally, she's trying to get everything done. So she was getting irritated with all the um, interruptions. And it was very noticeable in her tone that she was taking with people. And I could see by the looks on their faces that they were hurt and didn't appreciate the response that they were getting. Um, No one likes to feel unappreciated. So give clear instructions, and if things need to be detailed, then be specific and give the details. Um, for example, if you're setting a table, don't just say, "Please set the table." If you, like me, I'm a Type A personality. Okay, <laughs> so I want the plate here, the glass here, and the fork and the and if, it can't be in the wrong place. Please. <laughs> and so, when I say set the table, I say, "Okay, put the plates in the middle, put the glass on the right, you know, and things," and I give very clear instructions. And if it, if you don't give clear instructions, then you cannot be frustrated at the person that's doing it if they didn't do it with your vision. Um, express confidence. Express confidence and demonstrate a positive attitude. This will empower them to make good decisions. If you're asking people to do things, they're going to need to be able to make decisions along the way. And so, express your confidence in them. Give them the goal. Help them to see the big picture. Um, A lot of times, if people have that, they can um, make that in itself empowers them to make decisions that they need to because they they get it, you know. And they might even be able to give you some good input that you hadn't thought of. So give them the goal. If necessary, have brief but profitable meetings with them along the way and check their progress. Sometimes checking their progress can be as easy as sending an email. Okay? But um, be careful about asking a very vague question like, how's it going? Because you're going to get a reply back that says, fine. What did you learn from that? Nothing. You still don't know where they are on their project. So ask them specific questions in the email. Were you able to do this? I saw on the timeline that you were going to be ordering this. Were you able to do that? How did that go? Things like that. So who benefits from the timeline? Um, the organizer or the owner, those assisting, and lastly, the event participants. Of course, those who um, participate in the event benefit because everything went so smoothly and perfectly that they didn't see people like you (laughs) fumbling around and running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Mm -hmm. Um, So to recap, we've seen what a timeline is. We see who benefits from it. So let's look at when. When is a timeline necessary? A timeline is necessary for A, events, no matter the size. Every event, big and small, has details and no one wants any of those details missed. Next is projects. So we have events, projects, and then anything with many facets or participants. So we have when is a timeline necessary, events, projects, and anything with many facets or participants. So now let's look at the nuts and bolts. How do I build a timeline? Thinking of an event as a whole can be overwhelming, um, especially if it's a um, big event. But breaking it down will simplify it for you significantly. I I think of how do you eat an elephant? Have you ever heard that expression before? How do you eat an elephant bite by bite? So same thing with the timeline. How do you build your timeline? You do it just bit by bit, and that's what we're going to do. I personally learned best from doing and seeing, so I thought um, that maybe some of you, we could build a timeline together. So letter A, start with the end. Start with the end. Ecclesiastes 7, 8a says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. So um, start with the end. And then we're going to add our big rocks, our big rocks. For B, first add your big rocks. Then C, include the small, include the small rocks. Then for letter D, next insert your specifics. And then finally make modifications as you go. So what I want to do for the timeline today is I want to build um, Vacation Bible School. Has anybody ever had to help with Vacation Bible School? Okay. Um, What you can do here is um, you can think of an event that you're in charge of and build that. This is yours that you're going to take with you. I'm not going to collect them and grade them and send them back to you or anything like that. So if if you have an event in mind that you've got coming up that you work on, Go ahead and um, fill that in for your event and things that are specific for the event that you're doing. And um, for the sake of the session, we're going to build Vacation Bible School. So um, let's get started with that. So first we said we start with the end. So the very first thing that you do when you are building your timeline, the date, and then we've got the event info. And let me say this about um, timelines. There's no um, specific template that you can use. Some people, when they build a timeline, they'll have a column that's a month. If it's something that they're planning that takes them a whole year to plan, they might have one that says in January, and then they they list all the things with a checkbox that they need to do in January, and then they'll just check the box as they go in February and so on and so on for each month um it's whatever you're comfortable with is there uh, any color coders out there me i am color coding i would have had color coded children if god would have given me a choice i would have had a blue one a purple one a pink one i am a color coder so um you can do color coded timelines and lynn lynn's worked with me before she knows i really am a color coder aren't i Okay, so we're going to have VBS is going to be July 24th. So I'm going to start at the end. and my very last column under my date, I'm going to put July 24, because I'm going to start at the end, and my event is VBS begins. And you probably can't see that, but it says VBS begins. So we're starting with the end. And we're going to go from there. And then after we, after we start there, then the next thing that we do is we add our big rocks. Okay. And those get plugged in wherever you need them to. Um, what I did here um, for my sample was, I have a starting September first the previous year. Okay. So this is going to be July twelfth, two thousand eleven. So September 1st, 2010 is when I'm going to, that's my first big rock. And what I'm going to do there, my first big rock is we're going to meet and pick a date and a theme. So that's when I'm going to meet with the folks that are going to, that are involved with this. And we're going to pick our theme because we don't want to pick our theme in June, right? (laughs) Right. We're going to have VBS in July, so we're going to pick our theme. So that's a big rock. And we're going to pick the date that we're going to hold it. We want to make sure it gets on the calendar. It takes time to figure out where is this going to fit best into the calendar. And then uh, a next big rock would be assigning people specific tasks so that they know going into this because they need that time to for whatever they're going to be doing to fit that into their schedule. So for my sample, the next big rock I have is September 8th. And the event there is going to be specific assignments. And that's where everybody's going to find out. That's where when I talked about um, meeting with people and finding out what their strengths are and things like that, this is, this is the meeting where you're going to do that. You're going to find out where their strengths are. Someone, or someone's got a brother-in-law who has horses, and maybe you've decided that it's going to be a cowboy theme. And, and so things like that. You're going to find out where people's strengths are, what kind of resources they have, and things like that. Um, maybe the church calendar is going to go to print in December. So in November, we're going to want to get it on the um, proofing sheet however your church or ministry does it, um, to get it on the church calendar. So you're going to want to make sure you've got that time activated so that it doesn't get missed off of the church calendar. So maybe down here we're going to put November, and then we're going to put uh, Add to Calendar. That would be a big rock. So I hope you see that breaking this down is simplifying it and you'll, you'll be surprised, too, once you start breaking things down, that one thought, once you see it down there, it'll have a domino effect. And you'll go, oh, this big rock's going to have three little rocks. And then you'll, insert, you'll put things down there. Um, maybe in April, I have this um, in uh, April. I'm going to run out of room. We're going to research, because we've already got our theme so later, we can research supplies, we, okay, this is a big, a big rock, and something that may be a big rock for me may not be a big rock to you, so you might look at this and go, well, that wouldn't really be a big rock for me, well, that's the great thing about my timeline. <laughs> and your timeline. What's a big rock for you? What's a little rock for you? It's going to, it's going to be specific to your ministry, to your event, to what you're doing. Okay? Um, in May, since we're going to do this in July, I'm thinking in May we're going to need to start enlisting volunteers. I can't do VBS by myself, and if I wait until June, to ask people to do things, they may have their calendar full already. It's summertime, people go on vacation and things like that. So maybe in May, I'm gonna put a Sunday school um, bulletin announcement for enlisting volunteers. Okay, so there's some of my um, big rocks, okay? And then next, we're going to add our small rocks. I'm going to do those in a different color so that you can see those. Um, So here in September, this is my big rock. I've given people specific assignments, and we've worked all that out. So maybe in October, a whole month later, maybe October 8th, I'm going to have a follow-up meeting just to touch base with everybody. How's it going? Is this gonna work out for you? So we're just gonna have a meeting. And my personal opinion on, on these kinds of meetings is they should not be long because when someone's meeting with you, they're away from their desk, they're away from their things that they have to do. If they're another secretary, they're away from the person that they're the secretary for. So you always want to be um, aware of that and be sensitive to that because you don't want them stressing out that they're sitting in your office for an hour because you're not going to have a very productive meeting if their thoughts are, my boss is back, he's back from lunch by now for sure, probably wondering where I am and, you know, things like that. So insert a couple of meetings there. Maybe um, um, after you've enlisted volunteers, (coughs) maybe a week after that or so, I've got three days there. We're going to have a meeting there. We're going to find out how many people signed up, how many do we still need, and and things like that. So strategically insert a few meetings there with your folks so you can follow up on things. We're going to follow up on enlisting volunteers and things like that there. So um, that's a good place to insert a meeting. Okay, in April say April 24th, I've got here that I'm going to research supplies. So I've got all the information that I need for supplies. I know what my theme is, so I know what type of decorations and, and things like that, everything that I'm going to need. Maybe we're going to need signage and things like that. So since I've done my research now, a couple days later, a small rock here might be to submit my PO for this got to have the money to buy these things so that's a small rock um another small rock would be before the event i'm going to need people um to maybe bring some snacks and things like that so um but we don't want things that are stale right so maybe just a couple days beforehand july 22nd we are going to um um have sign-ups for snacks you'll look at the dates um to see you know if that's a church night or whatever we have people sign up for snacks in sunday school and then we have we'll say on this particular date you can drop it off here and we'll do reminders and things like that and then we'll have big um not crates but you know those big storage containers And we'll have those there for VBS and people can just toss them in there and they don't have to look for a specific person. They don't have to run somebody down or things like that. They can just toss it in the box and go on to the service or whatever. So we've got our big rocks. We've got our small rocks. And then the next thing that we have are uh, specifics. So with our specifics, what we want to do is We want to finalize a few things. We want to do some follow-up. Here's a great follow-up. July 24th is VBS. We've had people helping us with the meetings. We've enlisted volunteers to help us um, pull off the VBS. We've asked for people to bring things. So a great thing to do just days after it's over. It's going to go the 24th. It goes five days. So say it's going to be through the 29th. So July 30th. Anybody know? Thank you you notes. Yep. want to send thank you notes or um, emails or something, but be sure to express your gratitude. Um, I think a lot of times we overlook our coworkers because we think, well, they work with me. They should be helping me. And we really shouldn't um, have that thought. We want to be careful about that because, um, they could have said no, (laughs) or they gave up something to help you. If they took time to help you, they gave up time. And so send thank you notes. Be sure to thank people for helping you. Um, Maybe here before the event, after the signups, before it actually gets started, maybe um, July 23rd, we're going to finalize everything. So you're going to want to put that and, and, Just any of the specifics that you can think about um, here. Um, One thing to think about, or I'm going to get this with this with modifications. Um, The next thing is modifications. So let's just go ahead and go there. You need to step back and look at this and think, is there anything that needs to be changed? Or you might have a meeting here and find out that one of these other dates isn't going to be Doable. So be flexible with your timeline. Make modifications to whatever's needed to make your timeline work for you. Your timeline has to be flexible. Um, say we um, we've we've researched our supplies here in April. We've submitted our PO. If we order our supplies in May, once we look at our timeline, we may we may look at that and go hmm. We're not having VBS until July. Uh, what are, where am I going to store this stuff for two months? So storage may be an issue. So then we might think, okay, I'm not going to order in May. I'm going to modify this. I'm going to wait and order it in June. Depending on when your supplies are going to come in, you want to be careful about some modifications because if something takes eight weeks to deliver and they claim on their website that it takes them eight weeks to ship you something, you don't want to risk it. So give yourself some time uh, for things to come in and things to happen. So maybe we wouldn't order supplies in May. Um, we would order them in June. So make modifications as you go um, to do t- for your timeline. Be flexible with it. Make it work for you. It's your timeline. So make it work for whatever you, you need it to do. And then at the end of your event, you also want to go back and um, make notes for anything. Say when you um, ordered your supplies, if you got a great price on everything because the company that you were using was going out of business, you want to make that note because next year you don't want to go to order supplies and go, oh, yeah, I got a great price last year. And then it's like, oh they went out of business. That's why I got such a great price. And so make that note for yourself so that when you go back and look at it again, you can, um, you'll remember that and you won't run into any snags in that way. So that's our timeline. Uh, It's been said that more valuable than money that is time because you can get more money, but you cannot get more time. So as you serve the Lord in your ministry, timelines are a great tool to ensure that every task is accomplished on time, important key items don't fall through the cracks, and that your event will be a success that edifies the Lord's work.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. This lesson was on how to build a timeline for event planning with Mrs. Denise Wells. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this ministry127 podcast.